Welcome back to the fourth episode of Income Insights. I'm your host, Danny Neidhardt, and alongside me once again, Income Founder Kimo Rittkönen. Kimo, good to see you. Uh, how's things going in, in Estonia? I saw that you recently been to, to Asia. Was that to, to escape the, the cold winter or was it to onboard some new lenders? Yeah, thanks, Danny. Happy to be back here. Um, yeah, I, I had a, a short break from, from the cold in Estonia. I was in Thailand for, for nine days. It was actually a, a, a sort of a, it's called a Muay Thai camp. So training, food, rest, um, very good. Some friends of mine from Estonia organized it, the boxing trainer and, and, and some other friends. So, so I thought I'll join them. So strictly for training, no, no new loan originators coming, coming from Thailand. Okay. Can you just very quickly elaborate what's, what's the benefit of going to Asia to have a dedicated boxing training camp compared to Estonia? Probably there's no benefit. It was just a good way to uh, to get some sun and to, you know, and at the same time to do something that I really like and love. So, yeah, I guess. And, you know, it's an experience, you know, 30 degrees outside, outdoor gym, um, local trainers. So surely some 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 techniques stuck in my mind and a little bit, even if I'm too old for combat, but that's a separate story, right? So, <laughs> so. it's right. Yes, yes, um, exactly. Okay, yeah, thanks Thanks for those uh, more, let's say, insights on the private matter. Um, obviously, we want to keep uh, most investors uh, in the loop about the current events and, and what's happening on, on Income Marketplace. Now, prior to the episode, we had a quick discussion, and uh, apparently it's going to be a bit more of a lender-focused um, update session, a lender-focused podcast, where we just touch base on a couple of lenders and see um, about their current status. Income also published a lot of news uh, as of late um, on, on different uh, loan originators, whether it was uh, Huvi, Dana Rupia. Um, so let's just uh, tackle uh, them each by... Uh, by the other and then let's just see what what the current status is here now since we obviously have been to almost to asia now a bit thailand close now uh indonesia with with dana rupia um lately i had a feeling there was no really you know there was a lack of new assets available um and then later last week there was an announcement regarding a new enhancement structure um i don't know if that was kind of connected and related with each other, but maybe you can talk about what's what's happening with Dana Rupia. I think it's still to date probably the lender with the biggest exposure and income, um, or at least it was for a very long time. So maybe you can just elaborate on, on what happened there the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Dana Rupia is a good, good place to start. Um, it was by far the largest. I think we peaked at around 6 million, 5, 6 million outstanding um today i think the balance is around 2.5 million which actually puts it in the range of of hobby and also itf so it's starting to be a bit more balanced uh, in terms of exposure mm, itf is actually closer to 3 million already so at the moment might be the largest but um but shortly put um dana rupia was um, one of the main ones, right? And and investors love the short-term loans, the quick turnaround, the cash flow. So there was really a lot of appetite for it. And um, however, there were some regulatory changes uh, in Indonesia 
and then essentially they restructured the setup a little bit so just to comply with that and that was the email that was sent to all the investors so we we did a due deal on one of their other let's call it super lenders what they used to 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 fund their own p2p in in uh, in indonesia mm, and then essentially we just added it now to the structure so this should probably increase their uh, volumes again back to more normal levels perhaps not up to 6 million but i would expect another one 1. 1.5 million to be able to be um achieved with this structure now if, if everything goes well uh, you know um it's a chinese new year you know everybody's celebrating there so so they listed already some thirty thousand euros worth of loans it was more of a test from the other lender Everything is under the Dana Rupia umbrella, also from UX perspective. So, so if you have Dana Rupia in your auto invest, it captures the whole thing. So nothing really changes. It's more of a technical legal matter on the background. Um, and they promised that once everybody's back, the team is back from 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 the holidays, then they will start listing in in, in more properly. So I expect us to to recoup some of the lost assets in that sense that uh, the volumes are will be back. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, business as usual with them. Can you talk about the regulatory changes in Indonesia um, and what happened there exactly? Well, sure. Um, I mean, there was just a, a certain limitation on a one lender that was put by OJK in place. Um, so they needed to split the exposure or to split the source of funds in that sense. So, like I said, it's more of a technical uh, technical matter, not not much else to it. And to comply in in, in terms of regulatory uh, environment there, and for us to enable uh, listings, then you know we, we we turned it around a little bit how it's done. But this is really maybe only visible to uh, to investors if they look at the assignment agreement. They may see that there's another company under there in addition to what they saw before but that is the only visual um change all the due diligence all the process the loan book everything has been done in the same fashion as as before and like i said it's all under the dana rupee umbrella so that's uh yeah it should be very clear just an additional layer now with the new spv as far as correct from the new structure right correct correct uh, let's switch to to Vivos Mexico. Uh, uh, finally, uh, a story with a good happy ending after we discussed it for almost uh, every episode right now. Full repayment yes. was declared on income recently. Um, yeah. Probably a big sigh of relief, although you seemed very confident throughout the process that you know everything will turn out well. Um, maybe you can uh, recap again on the biggest lessons learned here um, on, on the happenings with, with Vivos. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not really sighing from relief in that sense. For me, it was very clear from the start that uh, they will be doing the payments. And, you know, we, we had some some comments that, you know, they're taking us for a ride and this and this. But obviously, when you're not uh, kind of discussing direct with the management, then it's, you know, Things look different, but when you have this sort of a personal contact, everyday correspondence, then you know where things are going. But but yeah, indeed, um, as expected, they did do the final payments. So we call it this structure closed. All the investors have been paid everything with their interest. Um, importantly so, despite the delays, investors received 
the interest for the whole delayed duration. So in that sense, no money lost, no profit lost, only cash flow delays. Um, I guess the lesson learned here is is really as as everything in terms of the delays originated from their uh, bank issues. So I guess that the, the the main lesson here is that um, any LO on the platform should have one or even more bank accounts that they can use to transfer funds in case KYC, AML, whatever regulatory changes may come. I mean, from the banking perspective, that there's there's a backup. Um, so I guess that's the main thing. And that's something we're now also discussing with everyone else. What if something similar might happen? So being but a happy ending. <laughs> so being part of a new due diligence to also double check on alternative routes where money can be wired. Yeah, I guess I guess the, the, the main thing is to have a, you know, to, for them to have one or two operational bank accounts, preferably in different banks, different money service providers or trans money transfer companies. It's really it depends on the bank's risk appetite. Um, fintech lending as such is probably the one of the least liked uh businesses from banking perspective uh, and i guess the crypto would come as first for many banks so fintech lending is probably uh the second or the third with payment providers being also another one and it it, it really comes also down to to geopolitical situation in the world and um their concerns on the money laundering who's behind the money and and so forth there's a lot of sanctioned countries money flows here and there. So even in, in this case, that was not the case, but uh, banks have become unpredictable and and it is what it is. Um, we, we just need to live, live with it, if you may. And I think apart from our previous discussions, uh, where also, let's say, income could proactively contribute towards an easier uh, transfer route, uh, might be also becoming a regulated marketplace, because apparently this also seems to be an obstacle for certain banks to uh, to approve on money transfers when it goes to non-regulated entities. So maybe that's also something uh, from your end where you can proactively work towards a better. Yeah, I mean, in this operation. case, yeah, in in this case, actually, that's not the case, and 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 so far so good. But uh, this was more of a more of the loan originator related part. But surely a regulation or a being regulated, being licensed, give you a sort of a umbrella of protection, but also it enables the banks to to kind of lean on your license to say that their customer is doing everything correct. So surely there is some additional value in terms of getting licensed from, from that perspective. Mm. To finish up with Vivos, um, in the announcement, it also was pointed out there might be um, assets coming back on income in the future. Uh, probably with a direct listing structure. How realistic do you really consider this option to be? Because my personal feeling is that maybe Vivos has burned a little bit its brand through you know, the actions in the in the past couple of months. Uh, how realistic is it really from, from your end? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think about it from this end that... Uh... The first for, first thing for us was obviously to you know get the money home, get it to investors, get it sorted. I think that sends a strong message on on you know Vivos's ethics and and the way they do business. That despite such problems, 
they were happy to pay all the interest uh, and and you know as i said i never expected them to actually not pay even if it wasn't visible outside um in terms of their future listings i think that's a discussion we will be having with them later down the line um originally the plan was actually we already had that discussion the idea was to shift from the current structure to direct listings in mexico Mm, back then they said that they are doing a lot of it development uh which means their it team like with every fintech seems to be is quite clogged so i think this this comes from vivus then do they have appetite where do they find the interest in terms of uh you know uh, allocating resources um we're open to discussion uh, uh but if it happens then it will be a direct listing from mexico with a with a different structure with a, probably a master trust kind of a logic in terms of how to secure the investment. Mexico still remains a very interesting, uh, even if maybe for an, a European investor a bit exotic, but it, it's a, one of those few countries where fintech is growing very fast um, compared to Europe, for example. Hmm. You maybe have other uh, options outside of Vivos? We've had some discussions. So we have some, had some discussions, and uh, but be, building a structure that works there uh it pretty much requires a sort of a trust structure so that has taken quite a bit of time and we've we've done some made some progress but uh there's nobody really very close uh coming on from from mexico hmm. a country close to mexico is brazil uh and recently i had a look on the on the blog page and i saw that um you know the Uh, 5,000 euro, the monthly um, the monthly payment, both times now in December and January has been bridged by income. Maybe a small yep. statement from your end, what's happening with the Brazilian lender right now? Well, yeah, I mean, like the, as, as we said, the, or as we've already communicated, the logic was if any money comes from there, then we will, of course, add that to, 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 to the investors. And in the meanwhile, Uh, we'll keep on paying the 5,000 a month to make the investors whole. Um, shortly put, um, some development uh, in Brazil, some discussions um, with them and their founders and also potential investors, but uh, but really nothing nothing too much, not much progress. So I expect us to be still breaching at least a few ones before before we get any concrete news. Mm. Can you, because I'm assuming you have a, a good understanding about the overall situation um, at, uh, at ClickCash, um, what's their general status? Because I think there's very little known about how they operate these days. How is the loan book developing? Are they still in business? What's, what's the performance of the lender like uh, these days? I think, <clears throat> I think they're like... Um... Obviously, I mean, they are in trouble, right? So, you know, you wouldn't have such delays if you were not in trouble. Uh, relatively, probably weak at the moment. Uh, but uh, at least the management is looking for solutions. And uh, in that sense, we hope to see a restart, uh, something that would also accelerate the payments to us. But uh, probably a solution is at least a few months away still. And like I said, in the meanwhile, <laughs> then we'll just need to dig our own pockets and and, and bridge to the investors, as as has been agreed. Hmm. What what are the chances, according to your opinion, that you know eventually they will file for bankruptcy and you know close the business? 
To be honest, I I can't say. I mean, in, in that sense, I guess that's the, that's a question to 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 them. Um, at least to so far, uh, the communication we are receiving is is uh, looking for solutions instead of hey, you know, let's let's call it a day. So um, I can't really I can't really give you a percentage. It's like it's uh, too 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 difficult for me to assess at this point. Okay, let's get back to Europe. Um, we were um, seeing an announcement regarding Huvi uh, last last week. Uh, a new product apparently coming um, also on the marketplace. Uh, car and mortgage backed loans. Um, what's what's happening at Huvi? What's the new uh, what's the new supply uh, going to be like? And also. Um, Many discussions, as we saw already, regarding the, the loan term, uh, six years, 72 months, although there was a little bit uh, the, the buyback, uh, the voluntary buyback um, missed out. Maybe you can clarify a bit on the new the new product from Huvi and how it's also structured, uh, structured then for investors. Sure. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start with the voluntary buyback or the voluntary early buyback, um, because it applies actually to Huvi and also ITF. And so, rightly so, um, investors noticed over the weekend, for example, that it seemed that their maturities were very long um, for Hobby. So how the early buyback product actually works is when, let's say, there's a five-year loan, like most of the higher ticket loans might be five years in order to, to enable the customer to pay with reasonable installments. So how it works is that When they post through the API, they post the, of course, the original maturity date, the original schedule, but they also post a voluntary buyback date. And, and what that means is that on that date, let's say a five-year loan with a voluntary date one year from now, then essentially that's the date when they need to buy it back. Um, so what it really is, is a solution from us to enable investors to get their liquidity in a reasonable amount of time and then they can make a decision if they want to continue with this specific loan originator and Hobie of course also can then list the loan again but the idea there was that because we we noticed that anything over two years is problematic and I think it's in most most platforms do you have a secondary market or not it's a question from for investors do do I want to tie my money for for many years so we came up with this uh, voluntary buyback uh, functionality And uh, and that's mainly the thing what what causes a little bit of confusion with investors. They looked at the actual maturity, but then you have the voluntary buyback. So so now if you take it into auto invest, for example, on our part, if you have in your filters, you know, max one year loans, then you will still get one of those five year loans, but provided it has that one year early buyback, then it fits in there. If there's no early buyback, then you will not be getting these five-year loans. So it's a really it's a liquidity tool um, for investors to enable faster turnaround of money, and then they have a clear cash date when they will actually get it. And of course, interest is calculated up until that date. So so that's the the story of voluntary <laughs> uh, buyback. Mm, and you're right, Hobie did list last week quite a bit of uh, new stuff. So we, what we did, we we concluded our due diligence on their basic product, which has been relatively successful. I, I would say like about 2 million euros invested. So these are the basic SME business loans that they issue. 
um, actually improved performance somewhat. So we managed to give them a little bit smaller junior share, higher advance rate, so they can leverage a little bit more. Mm, so that came on the platform. Obviously, we changed a little bit. Um, but also an interesting one in some of those loans, the bigger ticket ones, the, the better score ones, that the longer, the bigger ones, they some of them do have a car collateral as well. So, but these are all baked into the business loan product. So essentially, you know, same old good hobby product performance seems to be good. Um, mainly a due diligence improvement, plus of course the addition of those car car collaterals. Um, more in interestingly, um, we have a new product under secured loan loan type in the system. Again, from Hobby, but you know you need to choose secured loan or all loan types for in the filters. Is a up to fifty thousand and up to seventy two months uh, duration, uh, and this is mortgage backed. So Hobby takes a pledge on real estate uh, from the borrower, and essentially then that enables them to extend the business loan with such higher tickets. Oh. Performance is relatively good, I would say, rather on the good end, even on those. Uh, but I think overall, it's 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 good for them that they have this real estate collateral. And now on these loans, they do realize that most of them do have um, a long tenure. So they will take a rather the, the early buyback in, 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 in functionality there. Oh. So these are these are good loans. I mean, um, overall, we're happy with Hovi. Um, we're looking next to to introduce credit lines with them. So that's a small part of their book, but something that's growing. Um, yeah, and very good cooperation so far and and happy to <laughs> happy to add more products uh, yeah. from them. How far do you think the exposure can go with them and their new assets? Mm, I think around, I mean, I think their goal to grow this year is probably around 10 million. Uh, their overall book is today around five point something, I think. So I think we can we can list a good another three to five million, depending a little bit now. But uh, they have good growth plans and a good management, and and I think they will they will be able to do it. Another core uh, pillar lender is um, ITF. Uh, we haven't heard any news as of late, so maybe you can just give a very quick update on, on what's happening with them. Yeah, ITF is probably the most favorite of everyone because they are they've realized that uh, uh, investors want good yield while also run they want a, a profitably run business. So I think their combination is 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 um, is probably unbeatable. Um, we did a due diligence on their new product. Um, they'll they'll be coming up with higher ticket loans, probably around the same yield to the investors, uh, probably also utilizing early buyback. But um, this should be coming within, a, I would assume, in a month's time. Um, so again, supply will increase. Uh, we're also constantly discussing with them on how to increase the basic demand of, of the products they have. Um, and I, I think they reached around 3 million Hopefully, we'll see another two million of growth at least this year from them. So another good diversified pillar for us to grow on. And lastly, let's talk about the the most important uh, lender that we haven't touched based on. Uh, it's the new one. Um, 
where where is he or where are they? Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what's what, any updates? You seemed always quite confident that some some something is uh, rolling and some action is happening in the background. But uh, where are the new lenders? <laughs> okay. Um, really. Yes, I'm always confident. I mean, you wouldn't be running a business or you wouldn't be an entrepreneur without being uh, optimistic to a certain extent. Um, but yes, we we are at the final stages with a company called Current from Latvia. Um, basically, interestingly, we when we when we started looking at you know what assets are available, is it only loans or is it something else? And we looked at what else is in cash flows, um, and we bounced around with ideas of of you know non-performing loans, for example. We've been approached by some collection companies, and again, interesting loan books, interesting non-performing loan books with uh, you know everything with a very predictable cash flows. So we said, okay, that could be one step, one, one step for us to expand the scope. Um, but what comes to car rent is it's actually a, a car rental business. So effectively, they buy the car, they rent it long term to the customer, and it provides a steady cash flow. Um, so that has been something that we've been working on quite a long time. Um, and I would expect us to sign next week or this week, hopefully this week already. Um We've done all the legal work. We've done the due diligence. We've done the structures. Um, and also they've done the API uh, integrations. So <laughs> really to my positivity, I think like I wouldn't mention it now because I don't want to, you know, disappoint investors also. But I think we are so close that I can I can safely say they're coming on the platform. Mm. And really, if if, uh, if there's appetite from the investors to 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 kind of expand to, to different cash flow assets, then uh, then that's for sure a, a a direction that we want to take also not just to be a loan platform but really look what is a good asset that provides cash flow also that has enough profit margin to pay investors a reasonable interest for the risk they're taking um you know the old risk reward uh thinking or concept and uh and yeah so current is a very interesting one and, and hopefully we'll uh we can send out official communication out uh, still this week mm. Can you already uh, elaborate a bit on the new offer in terms of loan terms, interest rates, volume, uh, and maybe a bit also about the business itself? So they're, from my understanding, Latvian-based company. How big is their you know, business overall in terms of uh, revenue, car supply? Um, maybe you can elaborate a bit. Uh, I, can, I can say it's, it's a medium-sized company um, in, in Latvian terms. Um, the offer today, we are, that's something we're actually still discussing with them is that what is the interest rate that they will be starting listings? Um, and where we're supposed to have a call today, we'll do that probably tomorrow. Uh, and then it, it kind of, you know, everything falls into place once we, once we have that, um, probably again, the loan maturities are on the longer side. Uh, because the average ticket is probably somewhere close to, you know, five thousand euros, um, but they would be utilizing most likely also voluntary buyback. So we're trying to keep most of the assets at around one year, two year max, in order to have investors actually to to pick them up. Because, like I said before, statistically, when we look at anything over two years, is a difficult product. So. Um, I think Steffi will will send the communication with some more details out uh, once we're done and 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 dusted with the agreements. 
but should be an interesting uh, interesting product for for the investors mm. do you know like the you said like small medium sized company in in latvian terms are they only represented in latvia and yeah. how big is yeah. also their demand for for funding so which volumes does it make well, a significant I think... difference on the platform than on on income Well, I think that the initially we are talking maybe two million euros, um, but uh, obviously, I mean, we'll see what the appetite is from investors. We'll see how it starts. Uh, for us, I think we're starting to get to that ideal place where, and obviously, we need more more allows for that. But you know, having those five to ten million, um, and hopefully, we can get uh, ITF and Hobby to five million very fast. Dana Rupia back to five million. And then we'll see that that range of five to ten million. So as I mentioned before, somewhere I'd, I'd rather have probably ten LOs with ten million each than one massive mogo on the on the platform. Or you know, like it used to be, like some platforms had a really strong, big exposure to individual LOs, and that gives also the LOs a little bit too much leverage on the on the platform. So so hopefully we can uh, we can have a diversified split. Um, And there's a few interesting ones, some some uh, lows also from other platforms that are not completely happy with how the other platforms are working. So we have some interesting discussions, but my idea is, and obviously Lavrentis as well, is that let's rather increase the volume to this five to 10 million sweet spot in terms of number of lows instead of having a one giant. Although we wouldn't say no to a giant, we would just have to be very, very careful on seeing how, how big an exposure can grow Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming once you have a, a bigger uh, partner on your side, it makes things uh, probably also a lot easier to maintain a certain sure. level of, of liquidity and, and everything and supply. Um, yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I think like that's that's one thing. If I if I look at like you know what we've done in the last two three years uh, and what other bigger platforms have done and how they started, one of the key things what they did is is a lot of them started maybe even as a funding project for their own stuff. And kind of like had one big anchor, you know, was it Credit Star, was it Mogo, was it whatever, um, and then essentially grew from that and expanded to others. And and you're absolutely right; it it helps to avoid those problems. It might bring some other problems, of course, but at least it helps to to avoid the problems what we've actually had for 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 a good part of the year last year that uh, there's no assets on the on the marketplace. Um, but with Current with hobby with ITF, um, I think you know will investors can finally say, you know, and Dana Rupia also that at least for the time being there will be assets on the platform, which is obviously good news, great news. Yeah, and then I guess the reality check will be done in in, in four weeks' time when we meet again and 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 see if uh, the <laughs> self fulfilling uh, self fulfilling <laughs> prophecy is. Uh, Coming to life, and we see a new lender uh, after yeah. more than probably one and a half years on income again. Let's see. Yeah, that'll be yeah, like you said, a reality check. Then, if 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 this this doesn't go, then <laughs> then I will have to tone down my optimism. Yeah, I still have it in my ear. 20 million is the target, at least the portfolio. You said otherwise uh, by the end of the year. You said otherwise you're going to be uh, very disappointed. Now the start of I the think year. Has been rather frustrating. I think temporarily it went below nine million. So yeah, eight point eight point five. 
yeah, eight point five now. But I mean, I, I still think doubling uh, this year is 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 doable, and and we're doing a lot of work for it. And and I think the new products from Hovi and uh, and you know all the due diligence work we've been doing with the other guys and and, and new products and others. I think you know we'll get to twenty this year, and that's maybe my optimism speaking again. But uh, I, I still think it's quite reachable. We will evaluate at the end of the year. Absolutely. <laughs> Irma, I think with that we we can uh, we can wrap it up. Anything? Uh, any comments left from from your side before we finish up? No. No, I think this was a good one, and and, and I think the uh, you know we used to do Friday updates on on the LOs when we had this Vivo situation, and ClickCash was kind of like at the peak of its thing. Um, also, we commented other ones, but but I think uh, from now on we'll be we'll be communicating. Well, obviously we can do these updates with you, but but we'll be communicating on a need basis on those things. So. Um, yeah, I mean, happy to see some of the problems behind us and, and a lot of work ahead of us. And, you know, let's let's keep building. Very good. And I can already um, share with uh, the ones that probably wish to be a bit more like a part of the podcast and want to have a bit more of an engaging discussion with uh, investors' voices being heard, although I try my best to, to, to voice also investors here in this podcast. Uh, we're going to have some um, some questions that investors can submit for the next episode, uh, which will then be forwarded one-on-one to Kimo directly. So uh, if you're interested, please keep following on all the relevant uh, channels, whether it's the newsletter, the blog, the Telegram group, and then you will be uh, informed and know when and where you can submit your questions for the next episode. All right, Kimo, that's a wrap for uh, for this week. Thanks again. Uh, for for your time, for your insights, and uh, wish you best of success with with onboarding the new lender and uh, increasing the general supply on the platform. Okay, very good, Danny. Thank you.